Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land. And our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. I'm Bill Cooper, and I've been over at Real Foot Lake at Blue Bank Resort for the last three days, and I've been having a great time. Although I haven't fished much, I've been in a boat with some awesome fishermen, and right now I'm sitting out in the middle of the lake with Frank, boy. Hide a shack. Hide a shack. <laughs> that's a mouthful. Now here's the name, Kevin Bean. I can relate to that. Kevin, that sounds like a movie star's name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I try and be with him with Frank, but it's hard. <laughs> Well, it's been very interesting to watch you guys fish together. Two Army veterans? Both Air Army? Force. Air Force. Yep. Well, I'm going to look Army. this way. There's Army, Army over here. <laughs> I stationed with the Army my whole career. So I saved plenty of Army soldiers' lives. <laughs> <laughs> you think he's telling the truth? Oh, my God. I had to use uh, cast in Iraq to get a soldier who was hit by IED out. So without this guy... It would have never happened. And I think that's part of what got us so close is that what we did in the military, two different branches, but our common goal is to defend this country. Absolutely. And uh, I, I like to say I'm a little bit of a veteran. Yeah. <laughs> I've been six weeks out of country, so I can't compare to you guys. But, boy, am I ever humbled and honored to be in a boat with you guys and hey i want to say it privately and publicly on the podcast thank you for your service thank you absolutely both of you spent 20 years or better in yes. wow that that's quite a haul but both 100 percent disabled mm. the VA. yeah well i tell you what if i had control of the world's funds when it comes to taking care of people veterans would be on the top of the list yes, Be believe me i deeply appreciate what you guys do or have done and, and the lives you're living now you know uh it, frank as a guide uh, i've told lots of young folks in my lifetime what you're doing I, I know you enjoy it i can see it in your face your expressions you know everything you guys do on the water has been top notch but to me, as an old guy, what you're doing is extremely important because, you know, hunting and fishing kind of going away in this country. Only about 4% of Americans hunt, 16, 18, 20% Americans fish. And, boy, I'd like to think my grandkids and great-grandkids and all the little kids out there are going to get an opportunity to do these things. And you guys are teachers. I mean, you're teaching people skills that they can use for the rest of their lives. All right, well, I want, I want to take the balance of the segment here and kind of talk about what's gone on this, this week. Uh, uh, Frank, tell me a little bit about, uh, hey, who put this together and made it happen? Yeah, it was uh, Jeremy Mattingly. He's the owner of On the Hook Fishing TV and also uh, Crappie, Crappie Monster Products. Uh, he has a uh, bait line, plastics, and then also has the uh, outlaw net which is the only net I use on my boat. Um, he's got one that extends out quite, quite a bit for spider rigging or for if you're fishing two people, you know, you can reach out and get that fish while the other guy's getting it in um, on the rod. And then he's also got a, uh, 
one that's shorter and lighter for if you're fishing by yourself so you can easily get the fish in the net without losing it. Well, he sure seems to know what he's doing. He's a, he's a vivacious character for sure, bouncing around all over the place, keeping everybody kind of headed in the right direction these three days. And, uh, boy, I think he has hit the nail on the head. It was so interesting listening to him talk last night. Everybody that wants to do a TV show, you know, they want to be the big-time pro. And, and it, it's a scramble to get to the top. But he made the statement that their show was for the beginner. Now, how many shows have you seen that's uh, out there that's that's focused on the beginner? And I, I think that's what we, we need to be doing. We need to be showing people how much fun, how relaxing it is to be out here. And, uh, you know, we've been staying at Blue Bank Resort, and I can't say enough about those guys. And, boy, we just hit another stump. Imagine that. <laughs> On, on real foot, but uh, hey, Kevin, you, you kind of look like me. You, you or uh, uh, Kevin, you're a, you're kind of a big guy, tall. Uh, look like you like to eat. What about the food at Blue Bank? Oh man, the food has been great. I mean, they feed you all you can eat, and I'm gonna tell you, I've never been nowhere uh, and been a part of something like this uh, that Jeremy's put on. And I'm telling you, I'm blessed and I'm honored to. Uh, to be a part of this, you know, and what I like too is Frank is a tournament fisherman, and I'm that guy that he was talking about last night. Now I'm sponsored, but I'm that guy that he was talking about. And when I get into a hard spot, I'll call Frank and some other guys, and they will help me get you know things figured out. And Jeremy putting this show on, it will help alleviate some of those phone calls that I have to make to Frank. <laughs> I, I got a I got a feeling Frank don't mind you calling him. <laughs> no, not at all. You know, me and Kevin we talk all all the time. You know, not just about fishing, but about life and everyday things. So, um, you know, but yeah, I mean, it, it's nice to. I, I remember being at that point. You know, I grew up fishing for crappie, but there's a difference between fishing for them from the bank and then fishing for them from the boat, and then getting into tournament fishing. You know, my first tournament. Um, was in Kansas, and it's actually the lake I guide on now, and I didn't even catch a keeper crappie for that tournament. So, you know, I, I learned right away, and then it was, you know, a couple years later, you know, I win a tournament, and Kevin and Charlie Rogers was there, and I beat them. But the next week, I was at Bass Pro listening to Kevin Rogers speak and giving his spiel because, you know, you can never stop learning. Boy, that's the absolute truth, and that's one of the intriguing things about fishing. I mean, it's, you know, I've been around 73 years. I've caught a lot of fish and seen a lot of fish caught, but I've hopped. I've been on a half a dozen different boats here in the last three days, and everybody's approaching things a little bit differently, you know, trying their own techniques. And, and I think you'd made the statement, Frank, this is your only second time to be on real foot? This is actually my first time on here. First time? Wow. Yeah, yesterday was the first time I ever stepping on here, and then, you know, today would be my, my second day. Wow. Well, you put some big fish in the boat, and I've, I've been pretty impressed, and it's amazing to watch an experienced fisherman though, go to new water. And I heard one of the guys yesterday I was in a boat with made the statement that a crappie is a crappie is a crappie regardless of what lake he's in. Do you find that to be true? Yeah, obviously. Um, you know, you just gotta gotta know the body of water. You know, I did some research before I came here and then, um, you know, it's trial and error. You know, I mean, if it's the first time on your lake, you know, you go with what you think you know. And if you ain't catching fish, then you just gotta adjust throughout the day and until you find them and then then you got to figure out how to get them to bite
kind of like being in the military, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yesterday, you know, I, I related some of that, you know, because there was um, one of the questions was how do you find structure and stay on it if you don't have a lot of advanced technology, you know, and I used my military background of intersection and resection of trying to find a point, and, you know, I'll use a lot of the, the um, <clears throat> stuff on the bank to try to figure out, you know, if I'm side scanned, I find a brush pile, I'll look on the bank and, and find some marks that I can distinguish, you know, whether it's a rock or a tree looking different. And then, you know, I can go back and fish it even without electronics and find it pretty quick. Well, you just discouraged me. You, I, I've never, I fished, I count on one hand the tournaments I've fished. I'm not taking up tournament fishermen. I'd have to compete against guys like you. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to compete against a guy like this. It is super hard. You know, I fished my first tournament uh, on Grenada with Frank, and we took 13th place. And I took my hat off to Frank because I fished a whole week with him, and I learned so much. And I think that's what's one of those things that I think is missing is people don't want to get out there on these boats with these guys. You know, Frank is a guy, if you call Frank and book a trip, let me tell you something. He's going to show you how to catch fish. He's not going to take you out there and just lie in your live with He's going to teach you. I've learned so much. And one of the things that I was weak in was the long rod. And everybody ain't going to say they weak in something. I'm a short rod guy. I yeah. use a six-foot rod 99.9% of the time. But Frank took time, and he showed me how to use that 13-and-a-half-foot war pig by HH Rods and Reels. And let me tell you something. We loaded the boat. We boated over 200 fish in a week. Wow. And wow. it was a blessing to be able to get out there and learn that. So if anybody out there and you're looking to learn how to fish, call Frank. Go to his webpage. Book you a trip with him. And I'm telling you, you will not regret it. I, well, I'm, I'm certain that's true. And, of course, being in the outdoor media, I'm a big encourager and big believer in uh, telling people to, man, book that guide, you know. I know you, Frank, I know you've seen it. People go on a week's vacation, they spend a lot of money, and they dink around all week trying to find fish and get frustrated. Uh, quite often people quit and give it up. But you know what? You can spend just a little bit more money. It, it's a small percentage of that vacation budget. Get out there at least a day with a guide. And, man... It's hey, it makes for a much better vacation, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'd recommend you know if if you're going to plan on spending a few days on a lake that you're not familiar with, and um, if you have trouble catching fish, then you know at least that first day book a trip with a guide, try to figure out you know what they're doing, learn, and then you know it, it'll make it a lot more enjoyable after that when you're by yourself. It really does. Besides that, you're going to have a lot better photograph to share when you get back home, and you don't have to show that guide. Look what I caught. <laughs> But be nice. Be nice and, and tell other people about the guy that helped you out because these guys are on the water many, many days a year. How many days a year do you think you get on the water, Frank? Uh, probably 250 days. I have 190 just in tournament fishing. Wow. That's a lot of T-O-W, time on the water, you know. And, uh, hey, you could do without all the electronics and something. You're going to learn a lot with that much time on the water. Well, guys, I tell you what, I, I hate to wrap a, a segment like this up, but it's really been an honor to be on the water with you guys. And, uh, Frank, I know you're in the guide business, man, and I'm here to help you out. You know, I want to say I work for the government, government and I'm here to help, but... <laughs> 
But I've, I've, hey, I'm just an old country boy having a good time. And uh, Frank, you guide in Kansas, so tell people how to get a hold of you and where you fish. Yeah, you can get a hold of me. I, I fish uh, mainly south, south section of Kansas. Um, but I can, I have uh, other options to fish for a little bit more money. I can travel up to, you know, Manhattan, Topeka if I need to. Um, but you can get a hold of me, 660-890-4453. Uh, the best way is just to leave a text because if you call and I don't recognize the number, I won't answer. Or you go to my website, frankheideshackfishing.com. Uh, up in the top right corner, it's got all my links, emails. And then uh, I think further down in the website actually has the outdoor trip that has my calendar with available dates. You can either book there or just email and call me and book. Um, yeah, and then, um, you know, all, all I got to say is if you got a young kid, you want to get them involved in the outdoors, book a trip with a guide, get them interested in the, in the forward-facing sonar options. You know, we have a lot of young kids that's up and coming. You know, there was uh, Alex Palmer. He started, I think, when he was 13, 14 years old. His dad got him in it. Now he pretty much runs the live scope. Uh, they won a national championship in uh, 2021 for Crappie Masters National Championship. I mean, that's a accomplishment he'll cherish forever, no matter what he does later on in life. For real, absolutely. Well, guys, it's not long to lunch. <laughs> Looking forward to another Blue Bank lunch. But, uh, folks, i got to tell you, Frank Hattishek, Kevin Bean, myself, Bill Cooper, we're living our outdoor dreams. We encourage you to get outdoors and live your dreams, too. I'm Bill Cooper. Slow down and enjoy the simple things in life. Welcome to Hoosall Valley Resort, providing family fun since 1979. They offer floating, and you can choose from canoes, rafts, kayaks, and inner tubes on a beautiful, crystal clear Huzal River. Lodging, let us be your home away from home. Choose from a variety of lodging units while still enjoying the great outdoors. With over two and a half miles of river camping on the crystal clear Huzal, we're sure you and your family will find the perfect spot to pitch your tent or park your RV. Have fun and let us help you get the most of your stay. Check out our guided trail rides and Karen's Cafe menu. There's something for everyone at Who's All. There's a campground store on site that has everything you need for your trip. Whether you're in need of gear, grub, or something else, chances are they've got it. And their campground has RV sites and primitive sites for all your camping needs. If you like the adventures of camping with a cozy bed at night, we have a variety of different lodging units to choose from. But who's all valley? There's always something going on out there. Check them out on Facebook, or if you want to make a reservation, simply call 1-800-367-4516. Captain Brian Wilson runs one of the tightest boat fishing operations in the business. Stainwater Boat Fishing operates out of Jerome, Missouri, and the beautiful Missouri Ozarks. They cover most Ozark streams and lakes. You haven't lived until you've searched Ozark waters during the night with Stainwater Bow Fishing while looking for giant gar, carp, and buffalo. Captain Wilson also runs a second boat on Tanicomo Lake. Call today to book a trip with Stainwater Bow Fishing at 573 263 8016. Again, that's 573 263 8016. Be sure and shoot straight. 
Welcome back to Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. I'm Bill Cooper, and I am still out on Real Foot Lake down in Tennessee. What a beautiful day. And I'm sitting in the boat with Dalton Thomas. And listeners, you're going to be jealous here. He's from Grenada, Mississippi. Dalton, I'll tell you what, just looking at you, I can tell you're, you're a spoiled guy. That's right, I am. Uh, we're very blessed down in Mississippi, obviously, one of the uh, the best crappie fishing lakes, or some of the best crappie fishing lakes, not only in the country, but in the world, you know, and uh, we we take advantage of it, uh, and you can, if you're interested in, you know, coming to fish with us, uh, we fish year-round, uh, for the most part, we do take a couple weeks off to do a little hunting in December and January, uh, but if you're interested in coming to fish with us, the name of the uh, the guide service that I work with is Real Crappie Guides. It's R-E-E-L Crappie Guides, and you can find us online at realcrappieguides.com, or you can uh, reach us on Facebook or Instagram. You can also give us a call. Uh, my personal number is 662-614-3229. Well, I, I got to tell you, guys like myself, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge crappie fisherman. I'm a river man. I like to chase smallmouth bass, but boy, I don't have a thing against catching big old slab crappies and having a fish fry, you know. Now, for first-time people coming to Grenada, everybody's heard about the lake, you know, and the monster crappie that come out of there. In fact, you and I were having a discussion just a few minutes ago about a, a tournament. Uh, Matthew Rogers from Missouri, I think, won. You told me in two days he had 44 pounds of crappie. He did. Um, first of all, he's a great fisherman. You know, <laughs> not taking anything away from him. Um, but you put great fishermen like that on one of the best lakes in the country, and it produces results like that. Um, over the past several years, we've, we've broken several records uh, with some of the springtime tournaments that have come to town. And uh, like I said, last year he had over 44 pounds, which is just incredible and unheard of. It, it really is. But uh, I fished with Matthew several years ago, four or five years ago, before he really hit the tournament trail. And it's on Truman Lake with him. And he's such a modest character. Uh, he was then. I don't. I don't know what it's done to his head. You know, winning all these tournaments. But uh, Matthew said, "Mr. Cooper, you want to catch a lot of crappie, or you want to catch big crappie?" I said, "Well, Matthew, I'm probably not going to fish. I need some video and some photos." And did that young man ever put on a show? And I think his best best fishing photo I ever took in my life. Sun was going down. He's up against a big old snag of a tree. You know, branches going everywhere. And he slung a big old crappie out of, off that tree up into the boat. You know, the sun setting behind us. The tree silhouetted. And man, it was just like magic. And, and every time I think of crappie fishing, I think I think of that photo. You know, you just got one of those things that stuck in my mind. But back to the topic of a person coming to Grenada for the first time. It's a big lake. It is very big. Uh, you know, if, if you're coming by yourself, you plan on fishing by yourself, I'll give you a couple tips, you know. Uh, just be very wary of the weather. You know, if you have any high winds, I would pay attention to which direction that's coming out of. You know, if you have an east or a west wind, it could be pretty dangerous out there. Just be, you know, pay attention to that and which way that wind's coming out of. You know, if you, if you reach out to us want to come stay, uh, we got places we can put you up in. We have several different cabins and Airbnbs that we can put you up in within five minutes, you know, of the lake right there and we can meet up with you and we can get after some slabs. Hey, boy, that, that sounds like a great plan. And of course, I encourage people, and particularly going to a new lake and a big lake like that. I don't know about a lot of people, but I'm kind of intimidated by big water, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm not a big lake fisherman. And I know there's got to be thousands of people that come to Grenada every year that, that are in that same fix, you know. And so it just be, hey, money well invested to go ahead and hire a guide. That's right. And, uh, 
you know, I'm not telling you for sure that you have to hire a guide. You don't have to hire me or another guide to actually catch a fish. Uh, but if you're coming to a bigger lake like that, it can intimidate you. And, you know, if you, if you want a guide, uh, we take people out all the time that bring their own boats. And we'll take them out for a day or two and then cut them loose and they get to go do their own fishing. Well, what's the best time of the year for a person like that to come to Grenada to fish? Um, you know, it depends. It depends on what you're looking to do. You know, if you want, a lot of people come to Grenada just looking for that three-pounder. And, you, you know, if you want to do, if, you, if that's what you're wanting to do, I would come earlier in the year, earlier in the spring, uh, February, March, April. April. Uh, the further you get into April, uh, the more chance you have of running into some bad weather. Uh, so if you come a little bit earlier, it can be a little better sometimes, February, March, when those fish are full of eggs, and that's when we catch our bigger fish. However, if you're wanting to catch more fish, not saying you can't catch a boatload in the spring, because you can sometimes, um, if you want to catch more fish and fill the live well full of them, I personally will suggest coming later in the summer. Uh, once our weather patterns kind of settle down, our water uh, has you know more clarity to it, and uh, we can catch more fish that way later in the summer on into the fall. Well, man, any time sounds like a good time to come down to Grenada. But how many days a year do you spend on the water? Um, you know, uh, we we fish mostly about ten months each year, and uh, if it's not the wind's not blowing 30 miles an hour, or if it's not a tornado coming, I'm, I'm on the water somewhere. So it's a good bit of them. <laughs> <laughs> now, have you got sponsors that support you? Uh, I don't right now. Um, I don't do any tournament fishing or anything. I gotcha. kind of stay to myself and just do my thing and go guiding. Um, but, of course, we welcome all of them. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, being on the water that much, I'm, I'm sure you got your techniques fine-tuned, and everybody's got their favorite equipment. Every guy I see, you know, they've got their favorite equipment they like to use, their favorite techniques of fishing. Uh, and what on Grenada, what's the standard? How do you fish for the most part? Um, that also depends the, t the kind of the, the time of the year, excuse me, um, if you're fishing you know, earlier in the year, a lot of the times we're just single poling with a longer pole. A lot of the times I use a 16-foot rod, uh, and I just do that so I can reach out there and reach that fish before I spook him with the boat. Um, and also, earlier in the year like that, our water clarity isn't as good. Uh, it's real muddy and dingy, and these fish can't see very well. So we'll have to actually hold that jig over vertically over the top of that fish, you know, sometimes for several minutes or even have to chase that fish for several hundred yards before we can get him to bite. Um, if we go in the summer, you know, when our fish are more active, our fish can see better, uh, the water clarity is a little better, we'll actually use a, a shorter rod. I'll use a six or seven foot casting rod and I'll just use a quarter ounce jig to cast it well. And I'll start there and then when I can see a fish at 20 or 30 feet, I'll cast that jig to him and just keep it above him and just do a slow retrieve reel and have him come after it and chase it. If he don't like it that way, I may downsize and jig size uh, or even change a color. Well, it's been interesting to me in the last few days here on the Real Foot Lake. I'm up from Missouri Ozark, Lake Ozarks, Truman, Palm de Terre, Stockton, all good crappie lakes, you know. And I'm used to being on the boats with the guys got all electronics just like you have on this this boat. And, boy, it's common just to come across, I mean, look like a huge ball of crappie, usually hanging close to a huge ball of, of bait, you know. Right. Well, here on Real Foot, we've been... I've guys have been hunting fish, and they pull up beside lots of stumps here. Pull up beside the stumps, they're live scoping them, and there'll be one, two, three fish on that that stump. And the guys are literally going after one fish. Entirely different fishing technique here on Real Foot Lake. 
Yes, sir, and that's kind of the same deal with us back home in Mississippi. Um, we don't see a lot of fish uh, hugging tight to timber. Uh, if you do, it's it's one or two of them. You won't catch very much on there, depending on the time of the year. 90% of the time, the type of fishing we're doing, we're fishing open water. And these fish are out there. They're, they may be moving on you. A lot of times they may be just sitting there. Uh, but 90% of the time when we fish in Mississippi, our fish are out in open water. And they don't actually relate to structure that well. And, you know, I, I wish we could. I wish we could pull up to a, a brush top and, and catch 20 or 30 off of it. But it just doesn't happen that way most of the time for us. Well, if it was like that on Grenada, I'm afraid you'd catch all the fish. Maybe being in open water, you have to hunt for them a little right. more. It makes it a little more challenging. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I don't want to say it's not challenging, but from the stories I hear about fishing Grenada, you know, everybody's catching fish. And particularly, I was down at Lake Washington a couple of years ago, and a, a gentleman there took me over to Grenada just so I could say I saw it. We didn't fish Grenada, but there was a tournament there that uh, took place uh, at the time, and I remember I was just flabbergasted to learn that uh, guys, a lot of people brought in limits of fish over three pounds, you know. Three pounders, uh, I know up in the Ozarks, are just not that common. But in the south, hey, there's a lot of lakes down there, you know, that particularly Mississippi, you got, what, seven or eight, ten really top-notch uh, uh, lakes down there. But if a person want to come to Mississippi, kind of make a, a tour, what lakes, half a dozen lakes, would you recommend that they hit? Um, I, I would stay with uh, the main three in Mississippi. Uh, you have four or five that all have really good uh, fish in them, uh, starting with Ross Barnett Reservoir down in Jackson. It has very good fish in it. Obviously, Grenada. Uh, then if you go a little bit north of Grenada, you've got Enid Lake just south of Batesville. Um, it's got very good fish in it. It's full of fish as well. Then you have Sardis just north of it. It can be a very good fishery. Then you have Arca Butler. A lot of people don't know a lot about it, but it has some very good fish in it. A lot of Grenada caliber fish. Well, boy, I gotta say, if you, if you're living in Mississippi or stay down there for a vacation, there's got to be a lot of fish fries that take place. Oh yeah, yeah, we do cook a good bit of fish. <laughs> well, what's your favorite crappie recipe? Um, you know, you can't beat deep frying it. Uh, but I'll tell you this, I'll share this with you. Um, my girlfriend got me onto this, and I love it. We cook it a lot when it's just two of us at home instead of having to get the grease out for just you know a couple fillets of fish. And what we'll do is. Um, We'll obviously take the crappie fillet and we'll egg wash it and just egg white and crunch up some um, some of the cereal, the not the not the frosted flakes, but the regular corn flakes, corn flakes like, yeah, and uh, give it a good crust. And then we'll melt some butter and pour some butter on it. Put a little lemon pepper and bake it for about 20 minutes, and it is phenomenal. Can you call her? I will. I can get you, <laughs> I can get you anything you need. Oh my gosh, is that ever? Ever sound incredible. Of course, I, I eat a lot of fish and wild game, man. I'm always looking for a new recipe, you know. In fact, I, I wrote a column for about 10 or 12 years called The Gravel Bar Gourmet. All it was about was cooking on gravel bars in the Missouri Ozarks. And, and, man, uh, it's phenomenal, though, that uh, number of outdoorsmen that cook, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, I produced a cookbook many years ago, and, uh, boy, it was, it was just great fun to talk cooking and we like to talk fishing techniques and all that stuff but you know yourself if you listen you pay attention you get around a fish fry uh you can learn some pretty good pick up some pretty good tips and occasionally even a good secret if you're eavesdropping just right you know that's right everybody has their own <laughs> twist to it <laughs> well man we've had a great time out here on uh, real foot lake uh, here at blue bank resort how about that food at blue bank 
Can't beat it. Uh, incredible people. Uh, incredible place to stay. Everything's extremely nice, and we have had some wonderful food every day this week. And I can't wait to see what we're having for dinner tonight. Hey, dinner? It's coming up on lunch. I'm ready for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to kind of have a shout-out, you know, to the guys at uh, Jeremy Mattingly with On the Hook that put this event on here at Real Foot Lake. A media camp, man. It's a great collection of outdoor riders, uh, professional fishermen. And, man, they've come all the way. You're up here from Mississippi. We've got... One from Kansas, Kentucky, Tennessee, Missouri, too, Missouri Ozarks. But, boy, what a great collection of people. It's a gold mine of information. I'm having a great time just doing a podcast. But, uh, Dalton, I want to thank you for joining me here. And uh, from Dalton Thomas and myself, Bill Cooper, we thank you for listening. Dalton, wind it up. Give your contact information one more time. Absolutely. First of all, I'd like to thank, you know, Jeremy and everybody, you know, for having me here. we got a great group of fishermen here, and I've enjoyed meeting the riders and everybody and making some good friendships there. Uh, but then again, my name is Dalton Thomas, and uh, again, I'm with Real Crappie Guides. It's R-E-E-L, Crappie Guides. You can find us online at realcrappieguides.com. You can find us on social media, on Facebook. Uh, we have a pretty active page on there. You can find us on Instagram uh, at the same name, Real Crappie Guides. And uh, you can also give us a call uh, if you just got some questions or if you want to book a trip uh, just give me a call at 662-614-3229 folks don't go away i need to take just a short break here to hear from some of today's sponsors i'm bill cooper Bass fishing on the Lake of the Ozarks. Look no further than Big Ed's guide service right there on Lake of the Ozarks. Big Ed Franco has been fishing on Lake of the Ozarks most of his life and has been guiding for almost two decades. I've fished with Big Ed had a great time. He's a lot of fun and certainly knows where the bass live. You can call Big Ed to make a reservation at 573-692-6710 or go to BigEdsGuideService.com. And on the flip side of his business card is Bass and Baskets. That's bed and breakfast that he and his wife, Deb, also run right on the banks of Lake of the Ozarks. You have a beautiful place to stay, great meals, beautiful outdoor decor, and you can walk right out the front door, get on Ed's bass boat, and head out to fish. You can call for the bed and breakfast at 573-692-6737 or look them up at BassandBaskets.com. Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, where it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Daryl Hyman and crew out of Cuba, Missouri, dedicated to finding you the outdoor property that you've dreamed about all your life, or if you've got one you need to sell, they'll be happy to take care of that and hook you up with a great outdoor customer as well. These guys are famous for getting, listing, and selling some of the finest properties in the Midwest. So be sure and get a hold of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. And you could find them at this, I love this, catchy phone number. 1-800-BUY-DIRT. Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. Welcome back to Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. I'm Bill Cooper. I've been down on Real Foot Lake for the last three days, having a great, great time with a variety of fishing guides here. And uh, we've been part of the On the Hook TV show. Lots of filming going on, lots of storytelling going on, and uh, been some big crappie caught as well. But right now, I've got with me Matt Outlaw. He's a crappie fishing guide down in uh, South Carolina, primarily on Santee Cooper. 
Yes, sir, Santee Cooper. Well, everybody that's a fisherman, I think, knows about Santee Cooper. It's been around for quite a while. Yes, sir, it's a, it's a great lake. It's one of a, it's kind of a hidden treasure. You know, everybody, it's known as one of the best bass lakes in the country, but it's also one of the best crappie lakes in the country. Well, there's nothing wrong with crappie, that's for sure. That's right. Hey, we've seen some beautiful specimens here on Real Foot Lake, and I think I've got enough crappie photos to last me for a good while. <laughs> Of course, all the guides, I mean, they got top-notch equipment. Everybody's got the electronics, you know, the latest and greatest of everything, which, uh, hey, makes for great photos. I can tell you that, that for sure. But down Santee Cooper, of course, I've uh, I've never been there, but I remember reading about Santee Cooper and the history there. I guess that's where the striped bass kind of uh, originated from, you know, come from the salt water to the fresh water. And from there, they've expanded, uh, I guess, stocked those things uh, all over the country. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's it's a uh, it's a world class striper lake. That's, you know, I, I don't fish for them very often. It's also one of the best catfishing lakes in the country. Uh, yeah, I remember just a few years ago seeing a monster catfish come out of there. They, they catch them down there, you know, around a hundred pounds all the time. Oh boy. Well, I'll tell you what's a little different than crappie fishing, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> well, we were talking a few minutes ago here on a boat about, you know, kind of differences in how you fish down there and how you fish here on uh, Real Foot. It, it's been interesting to watch the guides, boy. Everybody's heavy on their electronics hunting for those fish as they relate to the stumps and the structure in, in this lake. But uh, I understand that Sandy Cooper, it's a little bit different situation. Yeah, the, the upper end of Santee is a lot like real foot. It's a, you know, a real stumpy lake, but we have predominantly black crappie, and real foot is predominantly white crappie. We do have white crappie, but most of the time you catch is black. And it's, that's just a, they act completely different. It's, you know, this is, fishing down here is a little bit out of my comfort zone compared to what I do back home. Uh, okay, now explain to me, you, you fish primarily for the black crappie down, down there. How you go about, how you get after them? I normally, um, this time of year, I'd be looking for a deep brush, and the black crappie would be ganged up on that brush. I'm talking about a couple hundred. Wow. And um, but they're they're a little bit they they can be finicky, you know. Most time, I try to stay off of them. I like to cast jigs to them because if you get on top of them, you know, you you spook them off, and um, they're they're just. They can be a pretty hard-headed fish, which these white crappie have been pretty hard-headed here the last <laughs> couple of days, too. Well, I'm from over in Missouri, Ozarks, you know, Lake Ozark, Truman, Palm de Terre, Stockton, and I'm used to fishing with guides, and you see big balls of crappie, and most of them are white uh, white crappie, but, uh, boy, it's always so much fun to find a massive ball of them like that, and they're associated usually with balls of bait fish, you know, usually small small shad and it, it's pretty cool to be able to top, drop that jig down and see it on your electronics you don't see one fish come out of that mass and and take that jig so hey that's a ton of fun do you have a similar scenario down south yeah um like i said you know the brush right now they're on they're kind of transitioning from the summer pattern to the winter pattern they're they're focused kind of right now on deep brush and like i said if you find them right now you you know you'll be able to find three, four, five hundred fish on one spot. Now that don't mean you're gonna catch that. <laughs> but, but here in the next couple of months, they're gonna start getting off the brush. They're gonna start schooling up and roaming out in open water, you know, fattening up for the springtime. And that's when, that's when it really gets fun. That's when you can really catch some monsters. Well, that's, uh, 
hey, monster crappie, there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody likes a big crappie, you know. And I'm, I listened to some of the guides at lunch today. Some of them was talking about, you know, their favorite eating size crappie was like 10 to 12 inches. You know, yeah, that's fine. But, boy, I, I'm old enough. I like those big wide shoulders on those big crappie. And I don't know, maybe my t- taste buds about wore out, but... They taste as fine as any fish I've ever eaten. A big crappie. Oh yeah, well Santee is is known it's known for three you know three pound black crappie. Wow, yeah, now that's got, huge for a black crappie. Yeah, we got some world class black crappie down there. Wow. Now, in relation to the white crappie, in your experience in the Carolinas, there do the uh, do the blacks grow as fast as a white crappie? Oh, the, our black crappie get a lot bigger than our white crappie back home. It, on it, that on that lake, it's just I don't know what it is, but they just and they're they're more dominant fish. They get quite a bit bigger, you know. A two a, a two pound white crappie on Santee is kind of it's kind of rare. Yeah. But a two pound black crappie is pretty common. Okay. Well, is a crappie a crappie a crappie? Do you fish for them the same way? Um, you sometimes you catch them, but most of the time I focus on black ones, and uh-huh. you know they're they're gonna be they're gonna act different, and they're gonna you know, be a little bit different. You know, a lot of times on brush, your your black crappie they like to sit up high above it. Your white crappie tend to be down in it. Uh-huh. But on Santee, you know, if you see a, if you see a white crappie, you know it's a white crappie. You know, you can mess around with him enough most of the time to get him to bite. A black crappie's not like that. He's um, if he don't want to bite, he's not gonna bite. <laughs> well, you, you mentioned things are about to heat up, or the cold weather months, or the winter months down there, the better time to come to fish. Um, this really. You know, December, January, February, and March, that month there is, you know, they, they move around a lot, but that's the time of year that you really catch the biggest fish of the year. They start getting fat and healthy. You know, obviously the springtime, you know, they, they, they move around a lot, but that is when you will catch the biggest fish. Boy, that that sounds like exciting stuff. And, you know, it, I just got to tease you a little bit earlier. You know, you're not that far from the coast, but you're not a saltwater fisherman. If I live in your part of the world, I'd be having a hard time deciding which direction I wanted to go. Well, I'm going to pick, pick fresh water every time. <laughs> uh, you got a nice fancy uh, boat here, man. You've, you've certainly got the gear and everything. Uh, if, if people want to book a trip with you, how do they get a hold of you? They can call me at 803 803- 413-8236 or they can find me on Facebook at Outlaw Outdoors Guide Service. And everything provided on a trip? Or? Everything's provided. All they got to do is bring whatever kind of snacks they want to eat that day. I have all the fishing equipment and bait. Wow. Now, do you offer a variety of trips? Are you going out half days, full days? What's, how's that set up? My trips are from 7 to 2 or until we get the limit. But And I also, in the spring, you know, late spring, I also do, you know, bluegill and shellcracker trips as well, too. Oh, now, boy, I love bluegill. I grew up catching big bluegill in southeast Missouri. There's nothing finer on the plate than a big old bull bluegill. We're known for our shellcracker. I mean, we have big, our our state record shellcracker is bigger than our state record crappie, and our state record crappie is five pounds. Wow, I didn't know shellcrackers got that big. We've actually got a few of them in a lake 15 minutes from my house, Missouri Department of Conservation, uh, lake and boy there's kind of a narrow window of opportunity there in the spring because a lot of moss in that lake but you can catch it in the spring where it's cleared up and they're starting to bed up a little bit in fact just this last spring 
and it's unusual, but I found a bed, I mean, right tight to the bank. It was a little drop-off there, and I sat there with a little spinning rod and, and caught me a mess of shell crackers. Not often I get them in Missouri, you know, and I still got some of them in the freezer, man. Now that I've thought about them, I may have to get them out and cook them up once I get home. But uh, a shell cracker over five pounds. Well, I've, I've, caught, I've caught one. I've caught the biggest one I've caught was three pounds. That's still a huge yeah, shell cracker. You catch, you catch a lot of pound, pound and a half shell cracker. Well, that's that's <laughs> nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, we got some good ones. So, what time of year do you catch those? Um, that's the shell crackers, April and May. Yeah, and how do you fish for them down there? Um, we use red worms and corks and just go along, find the beds, and once you find the beds, it's on. Oh, man, and, and i tell you what, you know, I've fished all the way from Alaska to the Yucatan, but there's still nothing more fun than catching bluegill and shellcrackers. And there's still a magical attraction about watching that cork and oh, watching yeah. it go under. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you get tired of watching the cork go down, you just need to stop fishing. <laughs> I, I think I have to agree with you. Do, do you get a lot of kids on those trips? I do, I do, and it's, it's really fun, when the, especially when the bluegill and the shellcracker are biting the to watch the kids get on them because, uh, you know, pound for pound, that's probably one of the strongest fish in the water. Oh, it's a good thing they don't get up 10, 15 oh, pounds. Yeah. They'd tear all your tackle up. You'd have to have an offshore rod to get them in the boat. <laughs> well, it's interesting, you know, I've talked to hundreds and hundreds of guides in my 52 years in this outdoor communication business, and you know what? It, it's just hilarious because uh, you start talking about bluegill, all of them get a twinkle in their eye, you know, because uh, so many of them start up. That's the first fish that most people catch. That's right. That's you know that's the basic, but it's still probably one of the most fun fish to catch there is. It really is. I've got a friend close to me. He's got a about 15 acre lake in the springtime. One of my favorite things to do still is to get an ultralight to just a light fly rod, you know, tiny little thing. Get myself a handful of little poppers, hop in a belly boat and find half a dozen of those beds and just kick pin, you know, around, catch half a dozen out of one bed, kick over to the next one, do that for three, four, five hours. And man, you just, I, I feel like a kid all over again. That's it, That's it. You get, that never gets old. Oh, it doesn't. But uh, down at Sandy Cooper, what, what's it like? Never been there? Lots of accommodations, that sort of thing. There, there are plenty of accommodations. Um, and I also offer, we also offer sleeping arrangements from my guide, guide service. We have a, a place for them to stay. We supply, you know, provide supper and everything. So. Wow! Now that supper includes shell crackers. It can. <laughs> I tell you, it sounds more attractive all the time. Now, Sandy Cooper, where, where's it located in South Carolina? Easy reference for people. Um, it's probably about a little over an hour out of Charleston. It's, you know, it's fairly central between Columbia and Charleston. It's kind of a central lake. It's the, you know, it's the biggest lake in the state. Biggest lake in the state. And been there for quite a long time. It was built in the um, early 40s. Early 40s. Been there for a while. And still a great fishery. Oh, it's an amazing fishery. It's uh, your South Carolina Department of Conservation, whatever. They're, they're pretty good folks. Yeah, our, our DNR. They, you know, right now we're we're dealing with a little bit of a grass problem. You know, we get some we got some giant sylvania starting to become an issue, but DNR is working on it. They're, they're spraying it, keeping it keeping it under control for us. Well, Matthew, here we are sitting right out on Real Foot Lake in Tennessee, talking about South Carolina, which is perfectly fine. And uh, Real Foot Blue Bank Resort. On the Hook TV show, last three days. What's your thoughts? First class. First, everything's first class. The lakes um, is an amazing, beautiful lake to fish. Blue Bank Resort is an awesome place to stay and eat. And Jeremy and his whole crew with On the Hook, 
just first class. Everything's first class. Yeah, I'm going to be talking about On the Hook a little bit more in the future, in the next few weeks. In fact, they're going to come on board as a sponsor with us at Living the Dream Outdoor uh, podcast and uh, you know i'm not a big lake crappie fisherman so this is going to be a whole new element for us and hope to attract a little bit more audience you know to listen in on us here well matt man outlaw outlaw unusual name i told you the story i had a, a captain in the military captain outlaw bad dude <laughs> yeah. not all bad not all <laughs> Well, man, I appreciate you being on the show with us. And, folks, this is uh, for Matt Outlaw and myself, Bill Cooper. We're living our outdoor dreams right now. Right. And, Matt, I love to encourage people to get into the outdoors and enjoy their outdoor dreams. I'm Bill Cooper. Hey, guys, this is Frank Cox with Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. Hey, have you ever considered a career in real estate? If you have, but you don't have your license, this is your opportunity. So each month, the Living the Dream Outdoor Properties team is giving away a free seat to the online training that you need to take in order to get your real estate license. We would love to have you join our team. All you got to do is go to our website, livingthedreamland.com, and then click on the Our Team button, and then click on the one that comes up under that that says Join Our Team. On that page, there's an application form. Just simply fill that out and get in contact with a member of our team, and I'll be giving you a call. We appreciate you, and uh, good luck. The Live in the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Live in the Dream Outdoor Properties, The Fly Rod Journals, SmokerBuilder.com, Cowtown USA, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, Stained Water Bow Fishing, Scenic Rivers Guide Service and Tours, Huzzah Valley Resort, Pico Lures, Devil's Backbone Outfitters, Cardiac Mountain Outfitters, Mary's County Bank, The Fallen Outdoors, Ledco Sinkers and Lure Company, Turnbow Outdoors, J&J Charters, Kaufman Cove, Alaska, Big Ed's Guide Service, Bean Creek Game Calls, Misty Mountain Guide Service, On The Hook TV, and Rich's Famous Burgers. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm, we live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales. 
unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.